You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron, and I get to do the fun stuff here. I get to invite and interview some of the top minds in dentistry, and I get to learn from them. I always dreamed of a day where I kind of do CE as a job, and now we're we're kind of getting there. But uh, thank you guys for joining in if you're here for the first time. And today is no exception. I got a good friend of mine, Dr. Jim Ahn, who's an amazing human being, and he's a brilliant dentist and an incredible thinker. And he's been there for me years and years and years as a great mentor. And today we're going to be talking about a different take on something that I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He says failure is an option or is it? Wait, wait. Failure is an option and redemption. Well, we're going to talk about this. So I'm going to let him explain Um, because, you know, the challenge is, is like, we're all afraid to fail. And Jim's going to take us in the mind of great restorative dentists and dentists that are evolving and how that evolution works. So Jim, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate you, brother. Oh man, I appreciate you, Kirk. It's just, it's just super cool to do this. You know, we've been friends for so long and uh, we've grown together over so many years, probably like 20 now or so. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, every time, anytime I get to hang out with you, it's a special day. Hey, same for me. Now I, you and I have been friends for a long time. And so like, we're just getting set up here and I'm like, where, where are you? So if you guys are watching the podcast, (laughs) you're going to see he's in this like cool room. Now I thought I was like really good friends with you. And so apparently I haven't reached a status. And so where are you, Jim? Uh, I'm in the, I'm in downstairs in the wine cellar in my home. Oh my God. Nice quiet room. (laughs) Hey, and so someday, one day I hope to have a wine cellar, you know, but, uh, I don't know if that'd be a good thing for me, but, uh, it's all, all good. So Jim, I can tell you how to build one. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on. And, uh, I always like to start here. We're going to be talking about this important topic. And so, um, but I want, you know, if, if, if I'm a young dentist listening, I want to know who Dr. Jim Otten is. So who are you? So, hey, thanks for asking. You know, and, and it, it might take all day to uh, flush out all the complexity of my life, but let's not go that far, okay? <laughs> right. Let's suffice it to say I've been in practice for about 40 years now out of dental school. Um, I have traversed all sorts of continuing education platforms and built a restorative dentist here in Lawrence, Kansas. 
I couldn't have done any of this without my wife, Vicki, who's been by my side the entire time and been a, a great partner and my best friend. And you know, you don't do it without people, without the agency of others in your life. Uh, I have um, a son and a daughter-in-law in San Diego. I have a, a granddaughter who is a world-class pole vaulter in high school, awesome. now fourth in the nation. Thank you, wow. and uh, and competing at the Nike Championships this summer. Um, you know, it's 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 a great life. I've built a restorative practice here. I have taught at the Panky Institute, Spear Education. Um, I have educated myself through through you know the Dawson Center, through a lot of the different. Um, comprehensive institutes and uh, over the years and, and, and stood on the shoulders of the giants of, uh, of dentistry. You know, I've been fortunate to be mentored personally by people like Pete, Peter Dawson, as you were, uh, and, and all the wonderful people that come for him. And I'm, uh, my, my, my friends are, are, are just a, a, a really wonderful uh, collection of great thought leaders in dentistry. And, and I'm just fortunate to be there. Yeah. And now my job is to is to, you know, to help the next generation. Right. You know, I've got a lot more years of daylight behind me than I do in front of me. And so my job is to train the next generation of dentists to enjoy the same joy that I have had and success that I've had. Yeah. Amen, brother. And you're definitely doing it. Now you're leaving out one of the most important parts of your intro. Like you practice and live where? In Lawrence, Kansas, right? Of course, home of, the, home of. the 2022 national champion of, of basketball at, at University of Kansas, right? And, and that's 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 kind of like a small deal, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just one yeah. of those things. Yeah, we're used to it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Not really, it was fun. You know, it's fun to see the see them get the championship back again this year, and it's always an exciting time, and everything's starting to just come back to some, you know, a little bit of normalcy here in Lawrence. Yeah. And I'll just say, if you haven't experienced a, a basketball game there, you, yeah. you have right. to go. I brought the whole family right. one time and I remember that like when they were getting ready to go, it was so loud. I was like screaming at my kids and they couldn't hear what I was. I'm like, you guys are like, what? I said, you guys, this, this, and they're like, I can't hear what you're saying. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's fun it's great fun being here and yeah the, uh, uh, it's a great experience any basketball fan should make it you know put it on their bucket list to go to a game at allen field house it really is exciting for sure for sure now i gotta ask you you know because you guys have had an incredible opportunity to mentor and coach so many dentists uh especially in the gde pla fl platform tell me about the title that you picked like explain that so the title I, I thought about today, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about a lot of different things. And, and, you know, there's a lot of different places that you can go and learn about technical dentistry. And certainly, you know, my passion is, is in the realm of uh, temporal mandibular disorder and airway and the integration of, of problem solving around those things. And, um, and we talk a lot to dentists about that sort of thing, about restorative dentistry on our platform. But what I chose for topic today was failure is, in fact, an option and redemption is, too. OK, but what the, you got to go further on that, because that's that's like so against. I mean, I saw Apollo 13 and I adopted right. that right. the minute I heard that. Yeah. And it's still to my to this day, one of my favorite scenes of all time. Like, and Absolutely. so and, and so I, what what does that mean if I'm a dentist listening? Yeah, so I of course I pirated it and, and took the took the opposite you know approach, 
And on Apollo 13, you had to have that mindset. You weren't getting back to Earth if you had any doubt in your mind that, that uh, you were gonna make it. Uh, in dentistry, we can have a, a bit of ambiguity tolerance, can't we? We can have failure. We will experience failure at some level. But I always love the quote that Jack Nicholas had. He said, he, he was talking about any round of golf he played in his professional career. And he said, of the, of the shots that I take, of the 70 strokes, 67, 70 strokes that I take, maybe two of them are exactly the way I wanted in that round. The rest of it is to miss it well. So if he was had that perfection mindset of, I have to hit every shot perfect, it has to fall exactly where I want it, he would have never achieved what he achieved. And every dentist had, should, should think, think the same way. If you expect everything to come out perfect, if you don't pull the trigger and, and take imperfect action, be willing to take imperfect action and risk, minimize your risk now, but risk, you'll never grow. Yeah. And so what, we're find, what we find is that you know, all of us suffer um, in some way from our limitations that we have around our, our thoughts and our ability. And oftentimes we get frozen. And so what we've started to do uh, in our education platform and what I've started to do in my personal mentoring is make sure that people understand that failure is, is an option in, in the sense that it's gonna happen. Right. And, and we're okay with that. And what do we learn from it and how do we move forward and how do we come better? I can honestly say, and I think if you ask anyone, the best lessons in life I ever learned were from the biggest failures I had. Yeah. Because right? they challenge you to reach down into your core, discover who you are and how you're going to reframe the rest of your future and move forward. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, it's so fun talking to all you guys because everybody's got a different combination and philosophy on it. And the great Bill Lockard, I'll never forget when, uh, Went to his house, Mike Fling facilitated that whole thing. And, and Bill said to me, he said, um, you know, Kirk, perfection in dentistry is actually deadly. It's very dangerous. He said, my goal was excellence. And if I strive for excellence, perfection was God's job. There were days it was perfect. Wasn't my doing, you know, and I thought that's a great way to look at it, you know. And then the other thing is uh, Nito Cobain, who was coach of mine for a long time. He said, Kirk, Kirk. And he used to coach me in these calls. He'd go, Kirk, Kirk, stop. It is OK to fail, but it, you have to learn from these. But to repeat the failures over and do them, that will that is stupid. And he goes, you know, everything is not perfect, but you've got to make progress through each one of these. And so take us in how that applies to you and maybe a young dentist or any dentist listening to this. So I think that uh, that in dentistry, it, it, it's it's been inherent since I've been in here for 40 years. I've seen this and, and experienced it myself that I get frozen in my growth because I'm waiting for it to be ideal or optimal or perfect. And when I don't get that, I get disappointed and I can default back to my, my original behavior rather than taking the next step. Right. And I think about it, if I think about the context of say a, a dental procedure, and let's just think about the, the one, the, the topic that I love most is occlusion, right? And right. so, so uh, when I'm teaching and I'm teaching like Bill Robbins and people like that, Bill says, you know, the stuff that you're thinking about has so much nuance. I said, yeah, it does. He goes, well, 
And, and people say, well, how do I learn this? How do I learn to equilibrate? How do I learn to balance a split? And the answer is you do it, right? You have to put it in play. You have to, you have to just practice at it. It takes 10,000 hours to be a master, right? right? And so you've got to get to the task and you can't be frozen thinking that I'm, I'm not gonna take that next step. So you learn, you study, you have mentors, which is the key issue that help you walk you through, but you have to put it into play. Yeah. You have to get in the game. And I tell, I tell the students on our platform now too, is that if you don't like the game you're in, it's like Scott O'Neill says, change the game. Right? Yeah. It's, it's time to change the game. You know, if you don't like what you're doing, if you're not satisfied, if you're not feeling enriched by this, it's time to change the game. Well, how do you do that? You have to be able, willing to take risk and you yeah. have to be willing to take the next step. Yeah. Now go back to that because when you say you got to get started and you know, I, you know, we have a good friend in, in common, Dr. Mark Murphy. He's like, you can't learn swimming from a video. <laughs> you know, you got to jump in the pool and just start. And so let's talk about this because you spend a lot of time working with dentists that are on this path. And one of the challenges is they don't really, even on the sharing cases and presenting side of things, like sometimes it's like hard. And let's talk about the reality of that and just working through that. Can you speak to yeah, that? Absolutely. So, so, so one of the things that we have been working with over the last two years is creating an environment that simplifies the complex in restorative dentistry and joint-based occlusion dentistry. We try to simplify the complex. Let's give people a way to implement in their practice in, in ways that aren't a 64-stage matrix that they have to try to think through, right? Well, to do that, you have to have certain things in place. You have to take photographs. You have to do the work. You have to you have to uh, palpate muscles. You have to you know palpate joints. You have to do the imaging. You have to learn about that sort of thing. So uh, what we find though is that if we ask people to do that and participate online, even which is a little less intimidating than in person, they still get stuck. And so we start to ask, well, why are you getting stuck? How come, you know, we want, we want you to, we want to see your cases up here. We can talk about our cases and blah, blah, blah all day long, you know, and, and that's, that's great. I can show you my successes. I'll show you my failures, but we want to see your stuff. We want this to be actionable for you and relative to you. We want to mentor your, in the context of what you're dealing with. And, and the things we hear are, well, I'm afraid I'll be judged, which we've tried to create an enormous safe space, but obviously some people still feel that. Uh, I don't think my stuff is good enough. Uh, it, it's not, you know, polished and perfect to where it needs to be. Uh, I feel somewhat intimidated or I'm embarrassed. And so those comments caused us to start to talk about this very topic, you know, on our platform. Yeah. What gets in the way emotionally that's blocking you from your progress? Yeah. What's happening here that's that's keeping you from moving forward? That's causing you to have this, uh, as we talked about before, imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, and that, that I'm not good enough. My, yeah. 
Right. And so I just want to call that out. Like I am not an expert on any of this, but as I talked to a lot of dentists, I heard that concept and I had heard it before, but then I had a dentist who said, no, this is very real. And I listened and I was like, this is very real. And so um, working through that as a young professional is critically important. And it's so funny. It doesn't matter if you're religious or not, but if you're involved in a church, you know that younger parishioners don't go to church very much anymore because of feeling judged. Now that's so interesting. Now we couple that with like, there's some great thinkers in the world like Brene Brown who introduced the concept of vulnerability-based trust. And you guys have done a remarkable job. I think the future of community is creating a safe place where people can be vulnerable and they can trust others around them with those vulnerabilities. Do you agree? Absolutely. And you know, that, that safe, that safe space doesn't happen without all of us, you know, being willing to share, you know, our truths right. and being willing to be present and, and to be willing, willing to, to, you know, um, express our own vulnerability. So, you know, I talk a lot about the, the times that I've had in my, in my practice life and in my professional life where we, where I've struggled, where I've had episodes of depression, where I've had sadness, where I've had um, difficulty dealing with all the stresses of, of our environment or all the stresses of life. And, and certainly in the last two years, that was, that was just like a pressure cooker. Right. Right. And so what we've learned, you know, from that experience or taken away from it is that it will get better, but sometimes it's just taking that first step. Right. I mean, uh, one thing I have, you have to get out of your mindset is that you can have a dream and a vision for the future, but sometimes it's just that one step, right? You just have to, you just have to, to, to implement this one thing in practice, implement this one idea, think about um, one step you can take to be more effective with the people around you and grow the people around you, whatever it is that you need to, to focus on. Just taking a simple step sometimes, is it's like putting the jigsaw puzzle together, right? Right. You get down to about the last, you know, 20 pieces and they're the hardest one. And you can sit there and look and look and look and look and look and look and look. And you'll spend an hour. Well, I won't spend an hour because I'm, I'm too damn impatient. But some people will spend yeah. an hour looking for that, that one piece that they can't find. But what happens when you get that one piece? Yeah. Then the next one falls. Then the next one falls. And then the next one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've completed the, the vision of the puzzle that you had. Right. Yeah. Now let's go into the one step or the one piece of the puzzle and like, just take me, I mean, we can pick any of these. What, what are some of the biggest first steps you see? Like, I'll just throw one in there. The leaf gauge is a big one, you know, or just equilibrating your first patient or, you know, doing the muscle exam for the first time, you know, like, is there any, anything that comes to mind that's like a good first step for some of these dentists that you get a chance to meet? Yeah. So, so the first step I think is, is, is just a, you know, a matter of awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I think about, oh, like, like the, the quote that, that, that Maya Angelou has. So if you must look, she says, if you must look back, do so forgivingly. If you look forward, do so prayerfully. Mm -hmm. But the wisest course is to be present in the present gratefully. Wow, that's good. <laughs> And I think that's the first step is to allow yourself, you know, the forgiveness for anything that you're are, are, are trying to pull forward from the past. That's done. You did. If you did your best and it didn't work out, it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. 
and your your future is something that you can that you certainly want to focus on but be present in the moment what can you do each day and i think the important thing is to write something down each day in 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 several areas number one who can you connect with that you haven't what's a personal thing a personal trait that you could implement or work on whether it's be exercise or diet or something like that that you can take a step forward and what's something in your practice that you want to try to implement? Something simple. Mm-hmm. So it could be that you just say, okay, today I'm going to pick up the camera and I'm going to start taking photographs. It's a, it's, a, it's a hassle trying to implement all these different components of a comprehensive evaluation to be able to assimilate that information, but you could take one step. Yeah. And so you pick up the camera and you just start shooting. And I tell Dennis this, I said, you've got a busy practice and you're trying to if you're trying to move from single tooth dentistry to more of a, an interdisciplinary or comprehensive model you're going to need time and you're going to need time to practice so you can you can do it several different ways but the first step is is is, is to look at the patient that you have in hygiene and say you're going to bring them back and you're going to do some single tooth dentistry it's very common for you it's very easy why don't you add 20 minutes to that appointment and just do a muscle exam, or just do a joint exam, or take photographs, and just give it away. Right. Just give it away, just add a little time. That's all you gotta do. Get in the habit of doing it. Get in the habit of your team starting to see uh, how to do it and the value of doing it. And, and as you do those sort of things, then you can you can then say, okay, I've got I've got confidence in these things. Now I'll set aside an hour to have them come back and we'll have the discussion about uh, at, at hygiene. We'll, we'll you know, look at how to have the discussion in hygiene about maybe moving that patient to the next level. In yeah. other words, seeing if they have interest in being healthy, not just having us fix their teeth. Yeah, I love it. And you hear this all the time. But but Dr. Otten, I don't have any time. Like, my schedule's crazy. And, you know, I have a thought on that. What do you, what, what do you say to dentists that say, I have no time? Yeah. Well, you have the time that you create is yeah. what you have. You have you have control, and and it it really depends on your level of passion and commitment whether you're willing to take time to start making progress. Mm-hmm. So it sounds harsh, but we all have the same amount of time, and we all have the same you know the, the same structure of time. It just depends on how you want to use it, and. And in any endeavor, we all know it takes sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can you can apply that to almost any discipline. If you're trying to change the way, if you're trying to change the game, if you don't like the game, this is for you know what we're talking about is people who don't like the game they're in. Right. Some people like the game they're in. Some people want to be single tooth dentists. I think that's wonderful. Go right. for it. Some people want an insurance driven practice, and you know want want to do single tooth dentistry, and they want to really have that churn that goes on. They get excited about that. I think that's awesome. Right. This is for people who want to change the game. They don't like the game they're in. They want something different. If you're going to change the game, you know, you're going to have to change the rules. You're going to have to change the structure and you're going to have to incrementally find the, find that time. We all have to do it. Yeah. Sometimes it means adding a little extra time somewhere to, to get, to build your skill level. Sometimes it means, you know, you know altering your schedule enough to start building the kind of schedule you want in increments but eventually i'm perfectly uh, i'm a perfect example of this because i started off 
you know, with a very high volume practice and I refined it and I refined it and I refined it. But you go through some pain points. Yeah. Right? Speaking of pain and, and failure, is there ever a point, like let's just say I'm 10 years out, yeah. that failure just doesn't like, <laughs> the pain isn't at a nine anymore. It starts yeah, to yeah. go down to a seven or a six. Was there a point in your career where you're like, okay, screw that up. And you feel a little bit more confident or a little bit more transparent when you're talking to a patient when that happens. Like what sure. happened for you? So, so for me, you know, I was, I was blessed and cursed with a curious mind <laughs> in my early, in my youth, it got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I, I, you know, I, I, ch- I managed to channel that into something productive as, as an adult, you know, through college and dental school. And my curiosity got, you know, got, finally got the better of me. I was looking at, pa- I tried to always look at patients and how they responded to our care. And if there was always one commonality, it is I always wanted to be the best I could be. I always wanted to be my best and try to do my best. And I noticed that my, that my best effort in similar circumstances wasn't working out as good on some patients as did another. And I started to get curious. Well, what, what's going on? I'm doing the same thing, same techniques, cutting the same preps, making the same impressions, using the same materials, using the same lab. This patient's doing good. This one's breaking teeth. Right. And so I, I, it was bothersome to me. You know, and I think it's because I was paying attention. And I think if you look at if you look at your dentist, dentistry as a learning laboratory, you'll start to see these things. No one has done perfect ever done perfect dentistry except God, you know. And and you look back, and you say you, you you can look back on some cases and go, wow, those worked out beautifully. But it's always one little thing you could do you could have done better. And so you start to learn from your patient base. You know, why are some people responding in some ways and why are they not? Yeah. And so that discomfort for me was what drove me to start looking for other answers and looking beyond just, you know, the rack of 32 teeth, you know, into the whole person and saying, what systems are out of balance here with these people that I need to get a handle on and I need to understand better. Yeah. And now so I'm going to, yeah, yeah, now I'm going to ask you, I've seen your, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like what you do and your specialty is a unique one. Your yeah. specialty is occlusion. Now right. I put you in the same bucket with McKee and I'm having fun here. So just stay with me. Yeah. Like, I don't even think Jim McKee's a real dentist. You can't find him on the internet, <laughs> you know, and I interview him and I joke with him. And, but in, yeah. in, you know, in, in Chicago, when things go bad, a lot of those patients end up in his office and he's crazy yeah. busy. And he goes, you know, Kirk, everyone thinks these patients are crazy, but I love these puzzles. And so like, he's found a unique way to solve problems for patients in a, in a very specific way. And people seek him out for that. And you've done the exact same thing. Now I'm a young, if I'm a younger dentist or any dent, you know, like occlusion is one of those things where all you need to do is throw that into the room. And right. some dentists are like, I don't know if I need anything more. <laughs> Talk about failure and occlusion and the yeah, evolution yeah. for you. And where are we at at this stage of the game in dentistry and occlusion? So, you know, I started off learning, you know, with, with Dr. Dawson. Uh, well, I started with, with uh, Bernie Williams, a local dentist here that, in Kansas City, yeah. that I started learning from Bernie. And Bernie opened my eyes to a number of different things. And he, he started the Society for Occlusal Studies. So I, I, I started to get involved with that group, right? And I, I me, he mentored a group of us, and we started studying you know, the different dynamics of joints. And and we started uh, to understand a little bit about anatomy and physiology. And, you know, Jim and I have, Jim McKee and I have been on the same track and you know, we're best friends. So, you know, so right. we, he's, he's not, he's superhuman. There's something, 
<laughs> he's got, you know, he, he makes notebooks for his children's development, you know, things like that. <laughs> he's amazing. So, but we, we both had this idea that we like solving the puzzle, right? We like, I, we like that complexity. And we came to, I came to understand from studying with Dr. Dawson and you know, Dr. Becker at the Panky Institute and all the, the, the folks like you know, Henry Grimion and Parker Mahan, all these, these folks who were just, you know, brilliant minds uh, in that process. I came to understand how to evaluate things in the context of, of each patient. And, and Jim will say the same thing. Every patient is a TMJ patient. Every patient is. Right. Every patient has these joints. And if you look at them, 75% have something wrong with those joints. And your job is to say, is it relevant or is it not? Is it relevant to what I'm doing? Is it relevant to their future health? And how do I evaluate that in a way that fits into my practice? We don't, Jim and I are both are kind of cut from the same cloth. We don't take on the patients that have um, incredible behavioral problems that are, uh, are secondary gain issues, that are psychological, psychological secondary gain issues, the people who are just own, own their disease a little too much, right? Their, their whole life is a pain problem. Those are those complex issues that have to be solved by mental health professionals. And so we can help steer those folks in that way. But the vast majority of these people are people who have been underdiagnosed, overtreated, or misdiagnosed. Right. And if you know how to sort through, then it becomes clear. Perfect example, last night on our platform, a young dentist from Florida, great young lady, winds up with a patient in her practice that has just completed four years of orthodontics and she hates her bite. And, 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 and so she says, when I wear my retainers, my jaw starts to, to feel uncomfortable. It locks on this side. My teeth don't feel like they fit together properly. I don't know what to do. Well, Pam knew how to evaluate this and we worked together in starting to unravel. And what we found out was, well, number one, aesthetically, the orthodontics didn't work out well. Functionally, it didn't work out well, and it has no future for this patient in the way that the teeth set up at the end. And the reason was, is because she was at high risk for completely displacing both discs. And in advance of the orthodontics, this wasn't evaluated. It wasn't known. And so the orthodontist was chasing teeth in a jaw that was moving dimensionally, anterior, posteriorly, because the disc was starting to displace on the left side completely and partially on the right. Now we said, okay, we got a timeout. Patient says, I'm not doing orthodontics again. And we just say, okay, for now, <laughs> you know, because we know this is not going to work what she's got. And we start, we put, to, put together, you know, a profile clinically, what muscles are activated, what joint, what, what, what are the joint palpations? Where's the inflammation? What does the range of motion look like? What do models look like? What do photographs look like? And then what does a CT scan and an MRI look like? The whole picture comes together. You can beautifully see how the disc is displaced on the left side. When she opens a certain, and it's off to the lateral, when she opens a certain way, she can get there. On the right side, it's starting to click, and that's the one she's worried about. 
Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, we've got a way to unravel this. Yeah. And that's, that's the cool thing about it. Now, when that goes off and you see it all come together. Now, sometimes it doesn't come together exactly that way, but this was just beautiful. And it, yeah. it, it, it's just so rewarding to know, okay, now I can, I can unravel this and I can help this person and I can get them to a good place. Yeah. Now, I think a couple other things that are important to notice is like failure, there's some good that comes out of that in redemption components. Number one is you learn how to manage expectations a little bit better and you're not promising the moon. You also get a really good dose of humility that's positive. Yeah. You know, and I, you can see both of those. Like you don't overpromise anymore. And you're also just, you know, as you get older, you're just going to be straight with patients. Like I love, uh, Bill hasn't said this one lately, but your partner, he said, you know, there's sometimes in my career where I'd see a big case and the patient go, it's not white enough. And I just now tell him, yeah, it's plenty white. And then you're like, I don't even deal with that. And they come back and they go, yeah, it's plenty white. Or he'll say, listen, uh, I, did, I interviewed him yesterday. And if you guys listen to the podcast, you'll hear this. He's like, people are always, you know, sometimes they ask me what the fee is. And I said, we'll get to your investment in just a minute, but I want to talk about your care first. And I'm like, you say that? And he's like, yeah, I say it right to the patient because I failed plenty of times, you know, along this path. And so I think it's important to recognize when you've got those things happen, like what's the lesson in here, you know? Absolutely. So, and, and, and I think that's the fear that people have in dealing with people with joint problems or with any kind of complex restorative care. We do have the techniques and the, the way of gathering the in, and assessing information, diagnosis, evaluation, and treatment methodologies to be successful. But along the way, and, and uh, especially in the realm of occlusion and TM joint dysfunction, uh, you're going to find that people don't respond the way you think. And you don't tell them that, you know, I, I, I don't tell people anymore that this is going to fix your problem. I tell them this, I say, you know, look, we're going to use a bite splint. And what the bite splint's for is to manage your problem. It's not to correct it. Discs are not coming back. And we're going to hopefully, hopefully get inflammation down. Your muscles are going to be relaxed and hopefully you're going to feel 90% better. And 90% of our patients do get about 80 to 90% better. You could be one of the 10%. I don't know, you know? And so I always make sure that I say that because I don't know. Right. And I used to take that, that on as my failure. And it's not, you know, <laughs> the cardiac surgeon doesn't apologize if the if the heart surgery didn't work out, you know, they did their best. Everybody has a has a, a different host response and different susceptibilities. I can't predict that. I can just say we're going to do our best. And you know what happens is that one of my patients, uh, she's really funny and she's got some real wonky joints, you know, and it's hard to. It, I, I've set it up where I said, you know, you might be a surgical candidate. Those are, that's that ten percent. She, she looks at me and she goes, I'm not going to be that ten percent. Yeah. You know, she's, I'm not going to be there. And she's, she's bound and determined to get better. And that's a great mindset for her. Yeah. But I quit worrying about that being a failure. But over the course of time, I used to absorb that. Yeah. I used to say, you know, this is my fault, or I didn't do enough, or something's wrong, or I get to give them a refund or something. No, no. If you did, I mean, if you did something wrong, blatantly wrong, yeah, I mean, make it right always with the patient. That's always the case. Yeah. But 
don't blame yourself for God's sake. You know? No, 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 no. Yeah. And I, I got to give you, you, you know, do a huge kudos shout out to you guys. Cause one of the things that you guys did that I've been watching you do for the last two years is you and Bill took the onus off of yourself to teach all of this stuff. And you started putting it in the hands of the people that you were mentoring. Now I want you to speak about the realities of this. So if I'm a dentist listening, I'm like, Jim, you're totally talking to me. Like I'm, I just, I have these, these complexities about talking about it, doing it. And, and once I get started, um, and I'll add this piece, you guys have developed a core group of mentors. And I think your game is a beautiful one, which is you're developing and growing leaders, you know, leaders in this field. And that's one of my favorite things, because I actually thought when you guys got this started, I'm like, man, that's a pretty heavy torch to carry, to teach all the time. And you're like, no, we're passing the torch. And now we watch them do this. We make them present. We walk through their cases. What happens to a dentist when they get beyond that hurdle of like, I don't want to share, then they start sharing, and then you help them along that path. What do you see? Well, I'll just tell you what they've said. And it's not, you know, the only thing I can, I can judge is what they have told us. And, and certainly, I hope more people feel this way than have told us. But the feedback we get is, is then these are people that have been uh, to other educational institutions. They've been to Panky, been to Spear, been to, you know, down to uh, the Dawson Academy, down out at uh, John Coyce's. All of the, the, the they, they're, lear they're learning, they're, they're hungry for learning. And what they've told us is that we're able to help them assimilate it. And it's not because we have, you know, any, any magic. We do have structured systems that help make the implementation more simple, but it's because we have this ongoing support and this ongoing conversation that people can tune in three times a month. And yes, we're developing people to help move them along. Because, you know, what I found, you know, Kirk, I was such a knucklehead for so many years. You know, I, I just thought that all I had to do was try to be like Pete Dawson and everything would be great. Well, nobody's like Pete Dawson, right? You know? And then and, and I finally started realizing and, 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 you know, getting over myself that, you know, we're going to be successful because of how we, you know, uh, grow the agency of others, you know, in the agency of others. We're not going to, we're not going to be successful unless we work very hard to, to spread the passion and desire and success to other people and, and, and work hand in hand with them. And so what we've done is, as you said, have mentors on the platform now who are developing in, in, in wonderful ways. And the people say that, you know, hey, this is the best thing I've ever done because I'm able to implement all this learning I've had, you know, in, in real time. And it's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. And so that's what we've been, been able to do. And, and we're just having a ball with it. It's, you know, Bill says it's the best thing he's ever done in CE. And I think it, it is for me too. Yeah. He mentioned that yesterday. Not only do you get to watch what your lessons, how your lessons get passed forward, but you also get to see these people shine. You know, they, yeah. uh, they become more confident. They become great leaders. And uh, you know that they're helping a lot of great patients. I love yeah. this stuff, buddy. Like, it's yeah. so cool. And you're speaking to my heart about the future of dentistry because this is a crazy, noble profession. Um, yeah. Any last thoughts you have on, you know, Phil? I want you to talk about the platform itself. Sure. Uh, but any last thoughts on, like, failure is an option, which I'm going to have to adopt that phrase now. And so, um, <laughs> any last thoughts? 
Yeah, I think you know that 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 again, offer yourself you know forgiveness and and light. You know, and and in Scott O'Neill's book, he he talks about being where your feet are. You know, focus on the present, focus on what's most important, and and don't hesitate to really write those things down and be clear about what's important in your life, your family, your faith, your health, and your practice. And how does that all integrate together? And you're such a great example of that and how you teach it on, you know, through ACT, you know, that, you know, it's a, it, you know, it's a, a better practice and a better life, right? You know, it's, it's, it's about being better, but what's most important, focus on what's important because if everything is important, then nothing is important, right? right? You've got to, you've got to start to focus on things. And if you're interested in doing interdisciplinary dentistry, interested in changing the practice, if you're the kind of person that says, you know, I don't want to play this game with the high volume insurance driven practice. I want to play this game where I can I can focus my energies in a more comprehensive way and and really help deliver what I consider to be my best stuff. Then we've got a growth opportunity here. And, yeah. and that's how you change the game, right? You can't change the game playing by the same rules you're in. Right? Yeah. So talk about that game that you guys play and how you do it. And it's called Global Diagnosis Education. Um, what is it? How often do you do it? All that stuff. Awesome. So, so you know, the, the, the name comes from the, the um, uh, Global Diagnosis uh, uh, platform or methodology that Bill Robbins and Jeff Rouse started 20 years ago. And I, I, I badgered Bill Robbins to do this online for years. And then you helped us, you know, kick it off when we went into, when we went into isolation in, in COVID. It was a perfect opportunity. And we can't, by the way, we can't thank you enough for helping us get started. Sometimes it takes a good kick in the butt from one of our friends to get moving and you were there. And so Global Diagnosis Education, our mission is to help enrich your life and practice by helping you to implement interdisciplinary dentistry into your practice, building a practice of distinction that's right for you. And that's a different definition for everyone. We totally get that. That's going to be a, a, a little different nuance. But we meet three times a month, generally. We are online three times a month. We'll have an in-person uh, workshop this September uh, in Milwaukee. And right. so we're excited about that on the 9th and 10th. But we we work three. We, we meet three times a month on Wednesday evenings for about an hour and a half. Sometimes we went two hours last night, and and we we work through. We do. We have a series of lectures. We have approximately you know forty to fifty lectures on that we 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 got online, but then we we workshop each each week and we go through the cases and we apply the principles from the work from the lectures that we have taught. And we also have, we have Jim McKee on, we have Jeff Rouse on, we have Seth Atkins on, we have Drew McDonald on, all of our buddies, you know, we, we, we have you on, you know, we, we, you know, we coerce all of you to, you know, to, to come in and talk with us and, and, and present as well. And that's a real gift. So we're trying to get the best thinkers in dentistry to come on and, 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 and present in their different topics. Uh, and then, um, you know, we have this platform of, of, with a great recording, uh, series of recordings, a library of recordings that are that are the basic fundamental work. But the best thing about it is the ongoing mentoring that we do. Yeah. And like you said, some of our 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 other mentors that are training are just are outshining us. And that's just awesome. You know, yeah. I, 
ask a question and man, you know, they've already, they're already five steps ahead of me. That's just a great feeling. And, yeah. and, every, and all the people on there get to participate and that's what's important. Right. Cause a, a regular question we get on this show and just out there on the road is this is like, I can't find a mentor. How do I find a mentor? You guys have actually created a mentor platform. So if you're a dentist, who's kind of like, I just need to get to the next level or I got to get through some of this stuff and you're looking for great mentors. I will speak for myself, but these are incredible human beings that do phenomenal dentistry and they do it one way. It's the right way, you know? And so, uh, I'm just so grateful for our friendship and what you guys are doing. I just, uh, I'm just so proud of you guys. So, well, thank you. We couldn't do it. Like I said, we couldn't do it without the agency of others. And you're, you're such a big part of that. And, and, you know, um, I, I want to acknowledge that, that, um, you know, when times get tough, it's the relationships. And this is, this is one of the things we talk about on the platform too. We talk about what gets in the way and, and how failure is sometimes an option. And how do we work beyond that? But when times get, get tough, it's the relationships that you have that will carry you through those tough times. And so we've developed this really great friendship and community online that's live three times a month. And so it, it really gives us energy and, and helps support people because times do get tough. And, and you, that's when you're going to need, need those relationships to, to come in and help you through. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We had a great young dentist. His name is Dr. Kevin Growth. And I'll call him. He's like, you know, the thing I've learned is that life is like a roller coaster and you hit these ups and downs. And if you're on the, if you're on that car with other people <laughs> that love you and care about you, it's actually kind of a fun ride. You learn a lot. And that is absolutely true about you guys. So Jim, thanks for being on. I'm going to encourage you guys that are listening. If you're listening on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, don't worry about it. Go down to the show notes. Don't do this while you're driving. I always say that, but I mean that. Don't just flip up to the show notes. You're going to see there are links to everything that Jim has shared, GDE. And if you're looking for a phenomenal speaker at your study club, uh, get, you know, Dr. Jim out and, and um, reach out to these guys. They are just great human beings. So thank you, buddy, for being on. Really appreciate you. Hey, thanks for everything you do. And, and uh, hope everybody out there has a, has a wonderful day. And uh, We'll look forward to seeing you online. Yeah, in one of these days, you know what? I'm just going to throw this in the, we're going to do some type of a mini course-ish in your wine cellar. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to volunteer you for that. What do you think? Sound like we, a good can, we can do a, a tasting and uh, and a broadcast. How's that? Bro? I have no doubt it's going to be phenomenal <laughs> hey, stuff. And Sting, like Sting did it. Sting did it. He did? Sting has a whole has a whole um, you know um, winery that he in Tuscany and he had he sent out wines and they did a wine tasting from his cellar in Tuscany with his wines. So if he can do it, why not us? Why not us? Or we could just go out and hang out with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the last thought I'll, I'll leave with everybody listening. Right, I get questions all the time on the platform of, "Hey, I've got this patient and I've got this problem and I don't know where to send them." And my first question is this, and it's the question I'll leave with this audience. Why not you? Right. Brilliant. Why not you? I love it. Why, not you? Why aren't you the person that can, that can be the answer for their problem? Let's, let's see if we can help you get there, you know? Bam. 
drop the mic on that. And I completely agree. So thank you, brother. Well, stick around while I say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Hey, if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, do us a favor. Just hit the share button. Share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. And we've got them lined up. But until we see you guys next time, hope you have a good day. And remember, a better practice always leads to a better life. Have a great day, guys. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Best Practices Show. I hope you sure did enjoy it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are always here for you. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, you can leave a comment or a four or five star review. But until we see you next time, keep watching the Best Practices Show.